You're listening to Campus Leaders Over Coffee, an original X-In Radio podcast featuring Eric Miller and Stephanie Anderson. Join us now as we discuss hot-button topics with leaders at the Moody Bible Institute. Can controversial questions promote God-honoring discussions? Let's find out. Welcome back. This is Campus Leaders Over Coffee, the place where Eric myself and and stephanie we process your passion for the glory of god so just uh, a few minutes ago in the studio we actually had stephanie anderson who is my co-host yes uh, come in and uh, she is the president of deaf outreach chicago Chicago. on campus here and uh, she was able to give us insights into what her group does take a listen i represent deaf outreach chicago So we are a student group that meets in ASC2, so right by Joe's. I am currently the president of Deaf Outreach. We um, will pray about the deaf community. If we know any deaf people, we'll pray specifically for them by name. We just sent a team to Mali, Africa, and they just gave us an update on how the trip went last week. So we were praying for that a lot. And then Deaf Outreach also tries to equip students by like teaching them more sign language. So we learn um, different signs or vocab. Sometimes we'll learn songs. Sometimes it's skills. There's a lot of nonverbals. So your facials, how you look at somebody. There's just a lot of etiquette that doesn't come naturally. So we need to like teach that. Occasionally, we will go to um, chapel and do a whole chapel series, or not series, but um, we might sign to a song or do a chapel with somebody else. We're currently trying to um, partner with another student group on campus. We also try to go to different deaf events because although we can learn things ourselves, we think it's really important to learn from the deaf It's their language. It's their culture. We want to learn directly from them. Um, So we do our best to get into the deaf community. There's a deaf workshop that a lot of interpreters go to um, in the fall. So we always take a team down there and we just improve our skill, get to know the deaf people. There's also deaf coffee chats that we attend. Um, Sometimes there's game nights or like a pizza chat things of that nature that we can just associate with a deaf and hopefully build just communication with them and a connection with Moody and a lot of them don't have a good idea of church so they've most of them have had a bad experience with it and so just being Christians at a Christian Institute is kind of nice to try to bridge that gap. So before we begin discussing what it was uh, that our hot button topic for the day was going to be. We thought we'd take a, a couple of minutes and just kind of give the the listeners some insight into who we are. Uh, this is our first, our very first podcast. We're very excited to be here. Um, it's the privilege of the communications majors here on campus to use this amazing facility here on campus this is the radio room, and this is my first time ever recording in it. So let me start off by giving you a little bit of who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
Uh, my name is Eric Miller. Uh, I am 29 years old. <laughs> so I live on campus in a dorm room with a bunch of 20-somethings. 20 <laughs> and I'm the grandpa on the floor. So uh, today I brought in my I Heart My Grandpa mug. But uh, this mug was given to me by uh, two of the sisters on my sister floor who um, they see me as... Uh, the grandpa on the floor, so I am privileged and honored to wear that title. Stephanie, do you think of me as a grandpa? Um, depends. What time do you go to bed? Uh, usually before ten o'clock. I mean, not necessarily. I think of you as more of a maybe wise older brother. Is that mostly because I'm dating your best friend? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> so we're kind of in the same circles. We're always hanging out together and uh, talking about things. So we're kind of on the same level at times. Yeah. Instead of being a third wheel, I call myself the tricycle. So we are all kind of one which they love, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of what they may tell you. <laughs> So um, unlike Eric, I actually forgot my coffee cup. So I'm supposed to be a campus leader over coffee who ironically forgot her cup. So I could have none. <laughs> yeah, so. actually, none of us is drinking coffee or tea this morning. Yeah. Uh, but just, just so everyone knows, when we invite you onto the air uh, and onto our show, uh, we're going to have a coffee set up outside of our uh, studio here in uh, Sweeting 4. So when you come up, please bring... Uh, or you don't have to bring anything. We'll, we'll we'll prepare you or come prepared for everything that you need. But we're going to have a different type of coffee each time and some varieties of teas that you can drink. So anyway, yeah, that's the first part of what we do. And we establish a community here of people that are passionate about leading. Yes. So my name is Stephanie. I am a junior here at Moody. And I have actually switched my major a couple of different times. I came in as an intercultural student, an intercultural studies major, and then I switched to pre-counseling, where I was very happy there for a while. And then I actually want to be a counselor for people with sexual addiction. And theology is deeply needed and rooted in that topic. So I decided to switch my major to theology so that way I could get a better base and just learn theology better. That way I can better help people. So I still want to be a counselor, but I just switched my major to theology last semester and it hasn't killed me yet, although I thought it was going to. Well, don't tell your professors that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's neat to know that as we are filtering the discussion, today's topic, by the way, is what the LGBTQ community does better than the church. It's important for you guys to know, the audience, that neither Stephanie nor myself, we are not authorities or experts, experts in this field at all. Uh, what we want to do is a facilitated discussion that is God-honoring. And we want to think through this issue out loud together. This is maybe our first time actually articulating some of the thoughts that we have. And we are not content-driven. And that's not the point of this radio program. This podcast is not to teach you about the LGBTQ communities. Yeah, there's um, definitely more qualified people than us for that. For sure. What we want to do, though 
is demonstrate what it looks like to have a God-honoring conversation about hot-button topics. I think there are a lot of people that try to have these conversations. This is in the church. Uh, Have you ever had a conversation with a a friend that started off really God-honoring and then kind of went off the tracks at some point and ended up in a ditch? Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like that happens a lot on the Moody campus, too, especially... Um, if you're like debating somebody, I feel like Dr. Sanchez actually talked about this in one of his classes, just that when we're practicing, just kind of arguing with each other, we always say, oh, well, we'd never do that in real life. But we're like practicing and training ourselves the wrong way so that when we are when we do come into contact with somebody who doesn't know that we're not actually really mad at them, it comes across in a really bad way. So we need to do a better job of like training ourselves well to have thoughtful, deep, hard conversations because those are definitely needed in the church. That might just be my theology major counselor in me, but we need to like do that in a calm kind of way. Absolutely. And not just calm, but God honoring. Yes. How many times have you heard the discussion that starts off fine and then someone goes, you know, are, are you saying that uh, God is only sovereign, but that people don't have a choice? Are you a, are you a Calvinist? Mm-hmm. And and the discussion just quickly plummets or, you know, that's the classic example. But there's so many other community uh, or examples. There's there. There are questions of race on campus yeah. that end in fights. Yes. Or in anger. Uh, there are discussions about um, liberal Christianity uh, that don't go well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there's a number of, of topics that seem like they're not safe. To discuss on campus. So what we want to promote is the middle ground between the two extremes. The polar opposites are, on the one hand, you avoid the discussions altogether. You, nev- you never talk about things that matter. Which is so, so unhealthy. So unhealthy for the church and just communities in general. Well, absolutely. Especially since we're here at Moody, we're training to be leaders. Yeah. As leaders, we need to know how to have discussions that are difficult. That's important. For sure. I mean, there. How many? How many people in the church right now have an issue in their life that they're dealing with on a regular basis that the church is not addressing? There's basically no voice. It's silent. I I have encountered that multiple times with people. It happens a lot. I've had I've had my share. I went through a period of depression in my life, and I didn't hear anybody telling me about how to manage depression from a godly biblical perspective. All I heard was depression equals sin. Mm. There was definitely sin involved in my depression, but I needed someone to enter into my depression and, and and empathize with what I was going through so that they could help me in a godly way to, to pull me out of myself. So that's the one extreme. You never talk about it. Mm-hmm. On the other polar opposite extreme, you've got people that argue and fight. Which I would argue is equally unhealthy. I think it is extremely harmful and unhealthy to not talk about something but also the other extreme of getting really angry also isn't healthy. And I think it just does more harm than good. Well, Steph, would you consider yourself an opinionated person? Not necessarily. I definitely have some good informed opinions about what I believe, but I know some opinionated people and I'm definitely not one of them in that sense. Yeah. And Definitely, there's a difference between having an opinion and being opinionated. Yes, yes. So I have an opinion on a lot of things, but I don't feel the need to be opinionated. (laughs) Wow, you're wrong. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you couldn't tell, I'm opinionated. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. I do have a lot of opinions, uh, but I have a lot of empathy for people. And that really is due to the fact that I went through so much stuff. Hello, I'm 29. I'm at college. Something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out. Uh, look, if you're on a journey right now and you have no idea what you're doing, you don't know who you are. You don't know why you're here on this earth. You don't know what God designed you for. You don't know what your passion, what you're passionate about or what your talents are. And you feel like you're in this maze. And someone holds the key, but they're not telling you. Mm. Boy, I identify with that. That's that's me. That I went through that. And that's why I want to do this podcast is so that I can help identify with people on campus who have questions and thoughts and uh, and struggles that they would like to hear discussed in a godly in a godly way. So, Steph, are you ready to dig in? I am definitely ready to dig in. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear a little bit more from your perspective about how the LGBTQ community is reaching into the deaf community in an empathetic way, unlike the church is doing for the deaf community. Yes. So, like I said earlier, there are a lot of parallels between the deaf community and the LGBT community. So, feelings of isolation, neglect, um, no one accepts you, um, the parents typically don't understand. There's gay pride and then there's deaf pride. Like, deaf people love being deaf. And so, there's just a lot of feelings of isolation and being alone. And because the LGBTQ community can relate with them, there's just such an empathy there. They're able to kind of reach them and just teach them their worldviews. And those worldviews don't necessarily line up with our Christian worldviews. So I've encountered, I was talking with a pastor at a pretty large church. He was over the disability ministry and he was just talking about he's also a skilled interpreter and he just said most of the time he'll start to talk with a deaf person or sign with them and they'll ask hey are you gay accepting are you lesbian accepting and he just has to kind of say oh yeah of course we accept everyone you know like we will allow anyone to come here but at the end he always makes sure that they know where he stands kind of on marriage or the question that they're really after. I've also talked with a few different deaf pastors. There was one deaf pastor. I don't remember his name, but he was talking about how when he was a kid, they would go to like this big revival or this big like campaign. And he, his mom took him in front and this guy put his fingers in his ears, pushed really hard. He started to cry and like prayed that his deafness would be cured. And of course, when that didn't happen, he had this bad idea of what church was about and that's happened multiple times i talked to another deaf man who just saw the offering plate get passed around because sometimes churches aren't interpreted 
So the, d- the deaf person's just sitting there and they don't know at all what's going on, but they just see the offering plate get passed around and the pastor has a smile on his face and they don't understand or they'll see a cross with a man on it and they have no idea what's that, what's that about. And there's just a lot of confusion, especially if there's not an interpreter or something like that. My current ASL professor She said she was interpreting at a church and this girl, I forget the main topic that they were doing, but it had something to do with like Abraham and Isaac and you just needed previous knowledge to kind of understand where the sermon was going. Maybe it was the Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant or something like that. And this girl, she could just tell that this girl was lost because she had no previous knowledge of anything that was going on in the church. And so... The deaf community, they have all these strong pulls, like the the LGBT community will love them for who they are. And especially in the past, like in our parents' generation, they tried to fix the deaf. They wouldn't let them sign. There was a lot of oppression. And so they don't feel the love. So the LGBT community will come in, love them. They're learning their language. Um, there's a lot of um, interpreters who are hearing who are... LGBT activists. I've met several of them and it's very interesting to talk to them about their worldviews when mine are so different. Yeah, great. I'm glad you just uh, brought us full circle back to the word worldview that you mentioned at the very beginning. I quickly looked that up just to so that we can give our listeners a framework for what we're talking about here. The the worldview is a framework of ideas and beliefs through which an individual, a group, or a culture interprets the world and interacts with it. Okay, so all of these situations in life that are coming up are coloring the lenses through which these individuals are reading and understanding, perceiving the world around them. So what you're telling me is that when a deaf person is not being reached or engaged or listened to or paid attention to or empathized with, then their worldview lens is a negative color toward that group or that community, in which case we're talking right now about the church. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you were to put that in your own life, if a certain people group repeatedly seemed to like wrong you or just like not show you love, like you would feel the exact same way. So even though we're hearing we both have we can both empathize with them on that level whereas when the lgbtq community has these trained interpreters who are reaching into the deaf community to show them acceptance mm-hmm. to speak their language to interact with them in a personal way to say to them even with the w- the words that they can understand that i, I guess asls or, or sign language is a little bit more conceptual, but in terms that they can understand, I love you. Yeah, exactly. I care about you. I I appreciate who you are. Who you are is not a mistake. Now, now I, I really want to ask you, do you think that the church is inadvertently telling the LGBTQ community and the deaf community alike, you're a mistake? I mean, I would argue that if I was put in their shoes, I would feel the exact same way if... If I was going to a Chinese church or just pick any other language and I was kind of treated that way, I wouldn't want to go to said church. Or you could take any religion for that matter if a Muslim community was doing that to me or Catholic or, you know, whatever. I think we would all be in the same boat there. 
When we think about the deaf community, how many different languages, sign languages, exist around the world? Yeah, that's kind of hard. I've heard the number 300, which wouldn't surprise me. Even in America, we have American Sign Language and then more of a signed English. So those are kind of slightly different words, very word for word or just very, very English. But all over the world, even in other English speaking countries, so take England, for instance, we have the same language, like we're both English speaking, like sure, they have an accent, but it's basically the same, you know, but their sign language, <laughs> they might disagree, <laughs> but um, <laughs> their sign language is actually so, so much different. Like we almost don't share anything alike. Our American sign language actually is closer to the French sign language than the British sign language. Really? Yeah. So if I were to go to France, I would probably have, I would definitely ha have an easier time than in England signing with a deaf person because a French man came from France to America and then we kind of made our own, or he, a group, I don't really know how it all works, but they created American sign language through that. So there's over 300 different types. Well, pause for a second. This is really profound. What you just said really expanded my mind. I, I, I seriously, like my mind just exploded. A people group is not distinct because of geographical boundaries, but because of shared meaning in language. Yes. Because I, I think about it. When you say France, I think geographically. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the, you know, the, the boundary lines that divide France from Germany and uh, Switzerland and, and the, the, the countries that are around that. I think there's two other countries right there. That's not really who French people are. Yeah, no, like... They're... And w w when I say America, do you think of yourself living in a geographical boundary? Mm -mm. I could be in France and I could still be American. Well, then your, your, your perspective, your worldview has expanded beyond mm -hmm. mine. So thank you for helping me to expand yeah. my worldview. This is really amazing because you can have clearer conversation with a deaf Frenchman than with a deaf Englishman. Yeah, that's just kind of based off of how the sign language just how the sign language was formed, but yeah. Okay, that's just too cool for me. All right, so keep going. So even in America, we have like regional signs. So the way I might sign brown here would be different than in a different region. So occasionally we'll have slightly different maybe nuances or just ways that we sign it. But if a deaf person ever corrects you, always go with what they say, even if you were taught something different. Like you always, it's their language. You learn it from them. But even in different countries, they'll have, I mean, even currently in their own languages, sometimes countries will have like, okay, well, this is our cultural language. This is our country. You know, so there's a bunch of different languages and same thing with sign language. So there's a lot. I would argue that American sign language is one of the most developed, but there are definitely some places where there's a deaf person and they might come up with a few home signs, but they're largely uneducated, especially in other language or in other countries. So when Deaf Outreach went to Mali, an American came in and set up this deaf school. So they're using ASL, which is kind of cool, but just their educational system in their country wasn't well. So even countries will kind of reject the deaf as well, which is very, very sad. So with this topic of different sign languages and rejection, would you consider the deaf community to be one of the largest unreached people groups? 
Yes, it's actually really hard because usually when we think of unreached people groups, we think of countries, not like legitimate peoples. And the Joshua Project did something, I believe, and they said we were the third largest. And I've heard that people with disabilities in general are like number one or two. So like in general, the church or just people in general are those are not being reached as a whole. But it's kind of hard to talk about because... We think of people groups in a country and not as a whole. Right. This is this is the epiphany that I just had. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> just this realization that you are not your geographical. Listen to me. You you are not your geographical boundary. You are not defined by the culture around you. You don't have to conform to what other people say you have to be. That's a great lesson for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. We listen to a voice who transcends culture. Yes, he created culture and he loves culture, but he transcends culture. And because of that, we also can transcend culture in the way that we interact with one another. So let's talk again. The LGBTQ community, in a weird way, understands this. Mm-hmm. They are practicing a form of incarnational quote-unquote ministry by going into the deaf communities and learning their language and speaking their language. Church, we've got to do the same thing. Yeah, Steph, help us out. What, what does the church need to start thinking about that we're not already talking about? Yeah, I. it's kind of hard to answer because I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. I think even just kind of in your depression example, like the church just talking about issues, I think it starts with a relationship. So if the church or church members know somebody who's deaf, like honestly, just taking a basic ASL class would probably really help. You'd be surprised now that I'm starting to learn. I've like run into deaf people left and right. Sometimes they'll like point to their ears of like, I I don't know what you're saying. And then I'll start to sign and their whole face will light up because it's like, oh, you know my language. Like, oh, you know, like I'm not alone anymore. If more people, especially in the church, did that, especially if there's just like an interpreter up at the front, sometimes it can just be like a pocket of deaf people. And then it's kind of everyone else. So maybe somehow trying to mix the two where you could probably even argue this with people with disabilities, like they kind of have their own little thing going on and then nobody else kind of really does anything with them. But if we could somehow integrate in the deaf community, learn their culture, learn their language, like get to know them, start on a relational aspect and also just teach them the Bible well. I've met a lot of people who are just lacking theological training. So um, the Moody Church put on an event and there was a deaf person there and they had him read a passage of script or like sign the passage of scripture. And then it was voice interpreted by an interpreter. And I talked to her after because I didn't understand a lot of the signs, but I don't know a ton of Bible terms. And she was like, yeah, he was not familiar. I think it was a Psalms. a a psalm and she was like yeah he wasn't familiar with that at all like he the words he signed didn't match the actual text at all and just the more people I've talked to like the more they might just know a little bit about God but they don't know a ton deaf people seem to see God as a hearing God and not a deaf God somebody who like actually knows sign language but it's like no like God like he made your language like he made you and he loves you so it doesn't matter if if nobody else does like God does, like he knows your language well. So I would say it's not going to fix itself overnight, 
there's like been a whole generation of treating them badly and that doesn't like fix itself but slowly through time by trying to relate to them by learning their language like honestly I know I'm conversational in sign language I I can hold a conversation but I feel like I even haven't gotten on the level to where I can get like deep with them to where they can actually like know me or we can start talking about stuff that really matters like I haven't been able to share my faith with anyone because I haven't built that relationship with them yet. So that's one practical step that I can see. Can you think of anything else? Absolutely. And this is, um, as we wrap things up for today, uh, just a, a closing thought for all you linguist majors out there. And this is a shout out to our dear friend, Brayden. Brayden, we know you're listening. You might be our one listener to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> and we love you very, very dearly. But uh, to all those who pride themselves in learning another language, but do so without love. Mm. This is from 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So, Steph, even though we can learn another language. Mm-hmm. Let's say you and I, uh, maybe you teach me some sign language and I become more conversational, but I don't have love. It's still not enough. I'm still a noisy gong. I'm still a clanging symbol. Because as it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not reject at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And listen to this. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. That's my challenge for today and my takeaway. So we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m., 7 to 8, again on the South Conference Room in ASC2, so the one right next to Joe's. Uh, You guys should definitely go and check out Deaf Outreach if you have any interest at all in reaching this amazing community. All right, well, this has been another edition, or actually the first edition of Campus Leaders Over Coffee, the place where Steph and I process your passion for the glory of God. I hope you tune in next time as we discuss the next topic with student government. So you don't want to miss it. 